When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the Marvel Stuff Podcast, where we're here to talk about how Tim Drake is actually the best Robin, but Dick Grayson's Nightwing's the best character in the DC Universe. Ah, actually, wrong podcast. My bad, guys. It's your host, Josh Kennedy from Facebook, and uh, I'm going to take this episode solo. We've got some uh, fun developments in the Marvel Stuff fam. Uh, First off, congratulations to both Colin and Brooke. They just had their wedding yesterday. It was amazing, beautiful. Glad I could make it. Unlike Coach, my other usual co-host, who went ahead and had a baby on the same day like a jerk. No, I'm just kidding. I'm actually super excited for them. Uh, Cody's my cousin. You know, we're really close. And, uh, you know, making the family bigger. I'm excited to see the baby grow up. Uh, We're done with all that sappy crap, though. Let's get to the Marvel stuff. So, first things first. uh, I got to see the mid-season trailer for the What If show. And as we've discussed in previous episodes, I'm okay with what if. I don't hate it, but it's it's kind of like I'm, I'm getting antsy for some new live action stuff. But in this trailer, we did get to see the return of a lot of characters that have shown up in the first six episodes. And the review of episode six is coming here in a bit for the uh, Killmonger episode. Uh, trailer looked good. Get to see. I, I wasn't expecting to see a crossover between the multiverses in the first season, at least. I thought that was going to be like a later development. It looked good. Uh a little long. It was weird that they listed every individual character and showed a little shot of them. It was fine, but we know who they are. We've seen them in previous episodes, but there was one character who looked different from any version we've seen in the show so far, and that was Black Widow. In this trailer, she's riding a motorcycle, and it looks like she's got a Captain America shield, and we saw one or two shots of her, and that hasn't occurred on a What If episode yet, so I think that's probably going to be the next episode. I guess I'll stand corrected if that's not the case, but it looks fun. I'm super pumped. I got to talk, text Cody about it briefly, and he said he's, he's also excited, and uh, he wanted me to share that he wishes he could be here with all of you, but also he's having a better time with his new baby. Woo! Go, Cody. All right. Oh, coach, excuse me. Gotta, gotta use his real name. Anyway, the uh, other trailer that came out six days ago, so we haven't had a chance to talk about it on this podcast, and that is Hawkeye, the new series coming to Disney Plus, and that's going to be here starting in November. So it's going to, and based on the trailer, it's going to be Christmas themed, which I, you know, those are fun. I don't mind when things are surrounded about, around a holiday. It makes for more interesting visuals and like occurrences, like oh yeah, they they run into Santa Claus or something silly. You know, you got to drunk guy dressed as an elf or in a cut of the scene 
a scene in the trailer. He's jumping out of a building, and it looks like he's going to land in a giant Christmas tree. We're getting a Christmas show, which is cool. So the trailer starts out. We get to see Haley Steinfeld, who I'm very excited to see play Kate Bishop. She took on the Ronin identity, which is different than her comic book version. I was actually really excited to see it. I'm a big fan of Ronin. His kind of Hawkeye's kind of darker side. He goes a little darker. They, they explained it really well for the reason why in Endgame, you know, his whole family's gone. And now, cut to now, his family's back. And it's the first Christmas they've been together in years, as his daughter eloquently puts it. So Hawkeye sees the news, and there's a new person taking on his Ronin identity. I don't know if anyone's going to be fooled that they're thinking it's the same person in the costume, seeing as her stature is quite a bit smaller than Jeremy Renner. Uh, but I I don't know. Maybe the criminals don't get a good enough look. It doesn't really matter. But I think she looks cool in that costume. But as we know, she's going to be moving on to a purple costume closer to her comic book version. Kate Bishop, she's actually my uh, second favorite character to play as in Avengers, uh, the video game. She's cool, has a fun little storyline. We're going to get Lucky the Pizza Dog, live action, very cool stuff. I'm wondering if they're going to lean into the whole teleporting ability. I I don't know. I guess we're going to see. The trailer looks good. Uh, Jeremy Renner, always a great actor. It's going to be fun seeing him kind of take on a new version of Hawkeye where he's taking on a mentorship, which... He kind of took on that role in Avengers Age of Ultron with Scarlet Witch, but never fully got there. You know, he kind of encouraged her. And I was actually thinking about this the other day that, like, they're the two main characters. Oh, if you want to call them main characters of Age of Ultron, they they get elevated as characters in that movie. And then now they're getting their own shows. And it's uh, it's cool stuff. All good things. So we're, we're pumped to see that one. Uh, I'm sure Cody will touch on this a little bit later on a future episode. But that is what I had to say about the trailer. Fun action. Let's go. All right, let's get into the bread and butter of our show right now, which is the current What If episode. Uh, I'm going to be honest, this is probably top three. I think if I had to rank them in an order out of the six so far, it would take third place. First being the Doctor Strange episode, and then T'Challa Star-Lord. And then finally this one. And uh, they took a fun take on this universe. They embraced Iron Man, the, the origin, you know, him becoming Iron Man. He never actually becomes Iron Man. They have Killmonger save the day. And uh, I don't know. They, they've got some good talented writers over there. I never would have thought to connect Killmonger's history in the military to having a connection to Tony Stark. It was fun way to write it and the way that he picks up the missile and just kind of throws it i was like all right that's a little odd i love how it immediately calls out jeff bridges character as soon as he comes back to america with tony stark he's like oh yeah i discovered all these plans and uh obadias or whatever his name is it's jeff bridges character he gets exposed and subsequently arrested i I assume it wasn't on screen because it wasn't that important but hey he got taken in so we essentially get to skip all of the movie and you know, it could be argued, maybe not the best call, but they, for storytelling purposes, it was really cool. And they kind of turned the idea of the Iron Man armor into like some weird Gangnam type anime suit, which they do make a joke about. And I appreciate it. I myself, I'm not super into anime, but I, I thought of that immediately as soon as I saw the new robots that were developed in, I believe it was his thesis, Killmonger's thesis at school. 
I don't remember exactly what they uh, determined the origin to be, but it was Killmonger's idea. Tony Stark gives him the money to produce it, and all seems well with the world. But then they go in and they need to get more vibranium to get the suits to operate. And who has the lowdown on some vibranium outside of Wakanda? And that's Ulysses Claw. And we get to see the return of this character. I was, uh, he's, he's a fun one. I, I enjoy it's Andy circus. He's directing Venom too. He, that guy's all over the place, but Ulysses Claw, he looks good. Uh, he plays his usual crazy self. And then we get to see Killmonger kind of come in and help, uh, Rhodey. They had, they sent Rhodey in and he's trying to negotiate with Claw. And obviously that didn't work out. So, Killmonger comes in, looks like he's about to save the day, right? But no, he not only takes out Claw, takes Claws to his knees with his weird sonic spear thing, he ends up uh, killing Rhodey, which I was surprised to see. I was like, why is, I mean, he's a villain and villains are going to do what villains do. I was a little bummed because I, I like the idea of Killmonger turning on like a brighter side, but as far as we can tell in his version so far, he's through and through big time villain. One of my personal favorites. If you go back to our top 10 uh, villain characters podcast episode, probably a couple months ago, I did list him as one of my top guys. Cause he's, he's just Michael B. Jordan's a phenomenal actor and he came back to voice the character here in the show. I was glad they were able to get him and we get to see some development on that character. Although, you know, it, it's he seems like such a genuine guy when he's talking to Tony Stark, and then he flips the script, like I said, in the storage house there, and kills Rhodey, and who comes in but T'Challa himself comes in to stop all this vibranium situation from happening, and Killmonger somehow gets the upper hand on him as well. So we get to see just this total hat trick of him going from Tony Stark's, you know, his right-hand man and he was getting promoted within the company and it seemed like all things were going well for him. So why does he have to turn to that life of crime? But they kind of rewrote his dad's death. I don't know if everyone noticed that, or at least he told everyone that it was because of gang violence, not because of his brother killing him. I think that was an important detail that they included in the show because it is, it, it makes the difference between, you know, going full, Scar versus Mufasa and Mufasa kills Scar instead of Scar killing Mufasa. That's kind of what they did in the Black Panther movie. And Killmonger was left to fend for himself. So that made him kind of dislike Wakanda even more because he knew his uncle had something to do with his death. So switching it to gang violence was an interesting move because it kind of takes away from his, uh, really the reason why he would hate Wakanda but I guess we'll, you know, you know, we, we have to see. It, it, it all worked out in the end. They developed it just fine. He still makes it into the military, same as he did in the movie. He rises to the top of the ranks, of course, because he's, he's really good at what he does. And not having the whole hatred towards Wakanda made me believe that he was actually going to help Wakanda, right? That was kind of my thought. Even though he killed T'Challa, and he, I believe in the episode, even says this isn't how I wanted this to happen. That is how it happened. And then we get a, a, a second flip from Killmonger. So he had the, I guess you could call it a flip where he kind of just comes in, saves the day, which is a flip on him being a character. 
switches back. Seems like he's going to be hero. Then right back to being a killer. And he goes from being in Tony Stark's good graces to kind of getting called out by Iron Man. And then subsequently they have a, have an interesting fight where Tony Stark brings out the Gungnam robot guy and they have a fight. And of course the vibranium spear from the door Milage is used to kill Tony Stark and Michael B. Jordan, well, Killmonger, I suppose, decides to take that death and make it look like someone else had did it, like the Dormelage had done it, which gets him to get General Ross and most of the his, you know, the military to get on his side trying to go to Wakanda and take over. Now there were a couple very key characters that didn't buy into this. Uh, Happy didn't buy into it, and Pepper didn't buy into it. Specifically, Pepper, she is up in arms against trying, like, giving him all this trust that he didn't really deserve, and they were kind of called out how it was odd that he made it through both situations alive by himself. It was a well-written episode. Killmonger, of course, after he gets General Ross to agree to invade Wakanda, he has another backup plan. Because he knows that if he goes to Wakanda and, you know, makes himself known, he's like, hey, I'm the son of uh, whatever his father's name is, the, the king's brother. Oh, man, I'm blanking on his uh, his father's name. But his brother had a kid, and he didn't know. So he comes to Wakanda, and he's welcomed in pretty much with open arms. A couple people seemed a little skeptical, including Shuri, of course. And we kind of... He, he gains the trust of the Wakandans. He does a couple of like mission type things. And, you know, he's like, oh, I, I'm here to serve Wakanda. He's very much planting the seed into the King's head that he can be trusted to be an advocate for Wakanda. And I entitled this episode, you know, game master Killmonger for, for a reason. He is so strategic with everything he does throughout this episode that it, I was surprised. I mean, he was always a smart guy, especially in, in Black Panther. He kind of seems that way, but you don't really expect him to be that much of a tactician. Like, I don't even know how many crosses you can really say, because he didn't double cross or triple cross. I don't I don't really know. He just, he does whatever it takes to make himself seem like the good guy, getting the graces of people with power, and then flip that power on them. So after he gains the trust of Wakanda and the U.S. military, U.S. military does send in a bunch of the newly powered by the vibranium, the new robots, and they're going to go and invade Wakanda because they think they're an enemy state that's attacking U.S. citizens, a la Tony Stark. And they invade. And Killmonger convinces them to shut down the shield for Wakanda. Interesting move. Uh, It gets explained pretty well. The robots kind of come in, and then as soon as they're all within the territory of Wakanda, they drop the shield. And when you drop the shield, it cuts off the signal from the robots to the U.S. military. So it seems like Wakanda's victorious, which is cool and all. And it, I, 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 at that point, I thought, okay, that's all it's going to be. He now has control of all these robots. But he takes it another step further because the king says, thank you, you'll, you'll always have Wakanda as, you know, in your corner. But Killmonger wants more than that. He wants to bring himself into being a faux prince, I suppose. Uh, he doesn't really want to kill the king, or he did, didn't at the time. So he 
Instead, it activates the robots within the perimeter of Wakanda. And they start attacking, and he helps attack the droids that he had designed. Very fun move. We get to see a cool action sequence where he's riding the rhino through the crowd and the Dormelage or in the whatever the Wakandan army is called with their little shield blanket things. I don't know what you want to call them, but they're really neat. Get to see a little bit of visual play there. And there's a clash. And what happens? But of course, Killmonger and Wakanda are victorious. General Ross is upset by the situation, obviously. And because Killmonger was kind of the hero of the attack, he gets promoted. Instead of having Wakanda in his corner, he is now given the mantle of the Black Panther, which is something I called many, many, many episodes ago. Before What If even really actually started, I had said, I think they might try and write a way to where Killmonger becomes Black Panther, and maybe they can try and translate something similar into the MCU and have some sort of reason to bring back Michael B. Jordan. I don't know if they're going to go that far. I would be excited because he's a great actor. And of course we lost Chadwick Boseman tragically. And it, that movie, it it has a lot of supporting characters that were fun when it made that movie great. But the thing that made that movie the best, in my opinion, and one of the top five Marvel movies, again, in my opinion, is because the hero's only as good as his villain. And it's the same reason that I fell in love with The Dark Knight, the Christopher Nolan movie, because you get the adversary and the Joker. That's, oh, you know, everyone knows Batman Joker. That's the ultimate arch nemesis. And we get to see, we get to see that again in Black Panther. We got to see Black Panther versus Killmonger. He's the estranged cousin to T'Challa and they have their clash. So him becoming the Black Panther in this version of the universe was very well done, and he still got things up his sleeve. Like, now he's got the power on Wakanda. He's got the ear of the king. And the only real person that's that skeptical of him is our girl Shuri. And at the end of the episode, which I was excited to see that they were their universe building a little bit more now as these episodes go along. Because the first couple, it was very much a condensed event you know everything happened within that episode but now we're starting to see things kind of build up like they're going to keep going like something else is going to happen so we see shuri in pepper pot's office and she explains who she is also quick comment kind of cool that they de-aged shuri because it makes a lot of sense because she's so young in black panther but that's that movie came out long after the fire first iron man so we get to see a young shuri she's probably like 12 to 14 somewhere in there and she is still as smart as always and convinces pepper that like hey neither of us trust this guy we should uh team up and take him on and that's kind of how the the episode ends and uh really well done i'm very excited to see where that storyline goes because those two characters they're very much the they're just really good representatives of the the female force within the MCU. And they wouldn't normally cross in the universes really. I mean, they, I don't even know if they ever had a scene together because the, because of Endgame, there was so many characters there. Like maybe they were both in the war or whatever, but I was excited to see those two characters have a crossover. And of course we're going to see future episodes. 
So that is my uh, good old review of the newest episode of What If. Uh, hey, just in case you didn't know, spoilers at the end. <laughs> the whole so this whole thing was me breaking down the episode. If you didn't want to hear it, then sorry. That's kind of how we do things around here. I'm going to do my reviews on the episodes, and you guys tell me how much it was okay. Now, this is a little bit harder without having someone to play off of, because in former episodes, me and Coach told a whole different Marvel zombie story without zombies. We turned them into werewolves, and it was super fun. But now, it's me riding solo. I'm embracing our classic segment that's named the same thing every time, the what if would happen if what if was what if -er, and that's exactly what I've said every time without, without wavering. Now, in this, in my what if -er story, I, uh, I wanted to think, what if Killmonger double-crossed one less time, you know? What if he got the support of the U.S. military and did invade Wakanda, didn't help them whatsoever in the onslaught, and now he's got the trust of General Ross, who, as we all know, I don't know if it's going to be the same actor, but eventually we're going to see Red Hulk if they don't. I'm going to riot. We need to see some General Ross turning red, going crazy. So in my mind, if he would have stuck with the U.S. military and took over Wakanda, he would still have some, you know, respect on his name at that point. I get that he's he wouldn't be in charge of Wakanda because he had the assistance of the U.S. military, and that's not really how things work. So it made sense why they had him team up with Wakanda, because that gives him more power in the end. But in my story, I say, screw that. He's actually going to help the U.S. military, and he's going to invade Wakanda. And I think that because of the robots, they might have been successful. Getting through that shield would have been a lot more difficult, obviously, without be him being on the other end. But what do we know? You know, we did. We had the aliens smash through the shield in Endgame, or excuse me, Infinity War. So we could see the same thing again with these robots. They're indestructible. They're powered by vibranium, obviously not actually indestructible, but at least bulletproof. So they could smash their way through the shields probably, maybe overtake Wakanda. I don't know if they had reinforcements of those robots. Obviously, he said they're all in there, but let's just pretend there's more of them and they somehow take over Wakanda. I just want them to be victorious. And we got Killmonger and General Ross is like the new head honchos of the, I don't even know what you want to call them because they are the U.S. military, but they're very much used as a villain-esque character in most of the Marvel movies. The only saving grace is Rhodey's always there to kind of help out the team and kind of be that buffer in between the military and the Avengers. But with him gone, they need someone else there. So I think Killmonger steps into that role, not that he knows the Avengers, I think that they could make in the in this story. I mean, the good guys lose. I think with the power of the U.S. military, all these robots. We got Killmonger, General Ross in charge. They can do whatever they want. I don't know what angle they would go for, but they finally take over Wakanda. Uh, I think it'd be fun if Shuri escaped and we still had the same intera- interaction, but in reverse, possibly with Pepper Potts and Shuri. Like Shuri helps, you know, her take cover, you know, be safe, find sanctuary within Stark Enterprises. And I want to see how that develops, because I think Shuri could 
designed the rescue suit that Tony Stark himself designed. That is seems a very like super logical that could happen. And there's no reason not to think that Shuri could develop it. In fact, she really would think that Iron Man suits elementary because she's been working in Wakanda for her entire life. Even though she's a little kid, she's still one of the smartest minds in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I think we might get to see Stark Enterprises or Stark Industries, excuse me, I'm thinking of Wayne Enterprises. My fault. I'm a big DC guy. <laughs> but Stark Enterprises, they uh, they get their own armored. I want to call them Avengers Defenders. That's that's yeah. I know that's another show, but we're gonna move past that. I think they get the armored Defenders, and they because we're gonna, we're eventually gonna run into an issue where the U.S. military has too much power. It's going to happen the same way every regime happens within comic book universes, movie universes. As soon as one side has too much power, there has to be a resistance coming from the other end. I think that Pepper, along with some of the other Avengers she could probably recruit, they'd be righteous in their endeavors. So they'd be moving forward against the U.S. military, but not endangering uh, everyday human citizen lives. They'd be trying to kind of take that power away from them, maybe take out Killmonger or prove that General Ross is dirty, whatever they got to do. But I like the idea. I'm just going to make my fantasy team, who right now my fantasy team might lose to Coach's fantasy team in fantasy football. Sorry, that's not related to this. I'm just a little bummed about it. (laughs) So we're going to keep moving on, though. The team's going to be, for sure, Tom Holland, Spider-Man. He's got to come into the situation. you got the young man coming through he's going to join shuri and pepper he's going to get the iron spider suit that he eventually got in the movies um i think a doctor strange wong team up to i think they would they would realize that the military has too much power at that point and they would assist i know they're pretty busy taking on the dark not the dark arts but you know (laughs) the dark magic of the universe so they're busy but i think they would join this team and those are those five. Um, we need the bruiser. We get the Hulk in here. Obviously, he's got beef with General Ross. Get him in here. Ooh, and let's let's bring in Betty. We got uh, his his lady. I want to see her because we did get to see a little bit more of her in a previous episode of What If, the one where uh, Pym killed all the Avengers or whatever. So let's bring her back. She can kind of be a little bit of the brains. I mean, obviously Shuri's the brains, but the tactician maybe. I don't know. I want to find some use for uh, Betsy Ross. Let's let's get her in there. Uh, that's a good team. I don't want to put in Captain Marvel, or excuse me, well, Captain Marvel too, but I was talking about Captain Britain. I don't want to bring her in yet. I think maybe that's something that happens in later episodes. And obviously this is all a made-up series that I just made up right now on the spot, and I like it. I stand by it. I think that's a fun armored Avengers versus the U.S. military, and you can't tell me otherwise. I'm in charge and I'm the only one here. All right. That is what I've got today. Uh, I did want to point out the coach just released a deep dive on Shang-Chi that came out on Friday. Definitely go and check that out. He, uh, he took a whole hour and he really went in deep on what he liked about those things and how it relates to him as a person. And let us know if you like that. Cause honestly, I've been thinking about doing that for quite a while now. Cause I want to, even I've mentioned it to him before. I want to go back and reappreciate the work that's already been released because we're constantly looking for the new thing, but they've had some masterpieces in the past. And I'm not even talking about 
just Disney Marvel. I honestly, I might do it just because I want to, but let us know if you're down for it. I might go back and do a deep dive on maybe the Wolverine with the Japanese situation there with Hugh Jackman or Logan. Some of the, like a couple of my favorite movies I don't get to talk about, even though I'm the host on a Marvel stuff podcast, you know, I'm in charge. I get to make the rules. I vote. I'm going to do this, but you guys let me know if, uh, if it's going to be lame, uh, maybe I'll only do one or two. Uh, Cody is also interested in doing a couple of these. I'll get a hold of a couple of the other Marvel stuff hosts. Uh, speaking of which, I did get to see Ray at the wedding. She's doing well. She's been super busy with work, but she did say she's going to try and jump on here pretty soon and a little more consistently. So we'll be glad to have her back. Uh, Ron did a good job when he joined us the other day. So, hey, Marvel stuff fam, we're still growing, trying to get better. All recommendations, any ideas, we're, we're taking them in. Come like us on Facebook. Like we've heard with the Marvel Stuff podcast group. We got memes for days and even not just memes. Sometimes people break news or every, almost every single trailer for anything Marvel related. The second it's dropped on YouTube or Facebook and someone sees it, they share it on our Facebook group. So save yourself some research and just join our group real quick. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Marvel Stuff Podcast. Good stuff. I post up a story every time we release a new uh, new episode. It's always fun. We do fun parking lot reviews. We've got a lot of segments going on here, but we want to just keep bringing more. And eventually, we want to get to the point where we've got more than, more than one video a week. I mean, or episode, I suppose. But if you're part of the Facebook group, you do get to see the video. We live stream every week, so please come and join us again. Uh, that's all for me, and I will catch you guys next week. And for the sake of coach, do not have too much fun without this. All right.